0: Welcome to the Digital Tourism Show. And in this episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Andrew McCluskey of Open Road Scotland. Now, Andrew has run a massively successful business offering campervan tours and rentals here based in Scotland. And he's going to be discussing how he's grown his business using minimum staff and how things like the North Coast 500 has affected his business. And we're going to be doing things slightly different with this episode uh, because unfortunately during the the recording of this episode I was taken unwell and Jessica who's my managing director here at the tourism marketing agency will be conducting the interview for me so for a change you'll be hearing her tones rather than my own. I hope you enjoy the video. (laughs)
1: So, <laughs> um, to get started, um, what got you into the tourism industry?
0: Uh, well, it was a bit of a career break for me, or a career change. So I was coming out of an old uh, kind of corporate lifestyle that I wasn't uh, too happy with, and I, um, I basically just saw a little gap in the market. I'd been on holiday in France in the Pyrenees, and I'd hired a motorhome there, oh. and very similar landscape to the Highlands of Scotland, and. Um, just really appealed to me, so I had a little look into it when I got back. The uh, how to set up a, a camper van business, and off I went. That was it, really.
1: Excellent, that easy. Well,
0: <laughs> there's a few more, a few <laughs> more challenges, a bit but, but <laughs> we we'll got there in the end.
1: So you've been running for 13 years. Um, what do you link your success to as your journey has continued?
0: Um, I think. We've got a really personal service at our company, or my company, um, and I try and get that across with all my staff as well. Um, Each customer really gets treated, you know, uh, with with a great personalised service as much as possible. And that feeds back to us in our reviews as well. So I've tried not to get too big, uh, so I don't lose that personal touch with people. So, you know, you get dealt with by email, uh, you know, there's a personal touch there. Um, all the staff that work, that hand over the vans, that that meet and greet the customers, they've all got a, a you know a good ethos um, as to how how our inbound tourists should be be treated. So I think the personal touch definitely helps. And then just each year, gradually adding to what we're offering, mm. improving our offering, and trying not to stay still. So each year we've always tried to put new van types on, put different tour types on um make different short break offerings improve the website just all the all that continuous improvement stuff that small businesses need to keep doing i think
1: definitely and you've got some incredible videos on your website
0: yeah yeah we spent a lot of um a lot of time over the years just trying to just trying to improve the website uh every year organically so first of all it was uh getting nice images on there Last few years we've tried very much to concentrate on getting good video, uh, good video footage on there. People, I think now when they go into websites, it's almost like um, you're looking at a TV. You want to see exactly what you're going to be experiencing, the places that you're planning to visit. You want to see some good imagery of that, some good footage. You want to see inside the van that you're going to hire. So all that kind of stuff really, really helps. Yeah,
1: definitely. If anyone's not had a chance to look at the website, it's uh, on the home uh, screen there's a really amazing video don't look here because it plays sound <laughs> 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 which gave me a shot once <laughs> um, but yeah no it's an absolutely beautiful little video that they've got on there um, so obviously Scotland's kind of uh, had its ups and downs as far as the tourism industry is concerned what have you found over the last few years and has there been any kind of challenges that you've had to try and face
0: um, I think the general trend's been really positive since I started um, Tourism's really, really um, taken off in the last 10 years. Um, With that, it's brought a lot of opportunities for businesses like myself, but it's brought a lot of competition into the market as well. So when I started, there was probably only two or three operators of a reasonable size. Um, Whereas now we've got um, at least eight or ten large operators. I've got some international chains that have moved in, um, uh, like Just Go Motorhomes from Australia uh, and Apollo Motorhomes. These are kind of worldwide brands. Yeah. Um, so it's becoming a lot more competitive. Um, and then you've got other platforms like now, um, like the almost Airbnb type yeah. platforms for, for motorhomes, where people, if you own a camper van, you can put it up for rent. You know, if you've got spare weeks, so it's quite competitive, you're competing now against a quite quite differing number of um of, of outlets, but still I would say overall it's been it's been positive. There's a lot more visitors coming. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few challenges with that as well. Infrastructure could do with being improved in Scotland. Certainly our road networks could do with a lot of improvement and things like <laughs> facilities for camper vans and uh, additional campsites and um, waste disposal outlets and things like that particularly for some of the more remote locations which yeah. is the whole point in, in uh, hiring a campervan if you think about it you want to go visit the far reaches of Scotland but when you get there you do want somewhere where you can get rid of your waste park up for the night safely uh, no. so definitely infrastructure could do with getting improved.
1: Yeah, I, I imagine that that's a big problem just across the board, even for tour operators So not even specifically yeah, for, yeah, for mobile homes. Um, so obviously you do the kind of camper van style um, and you've, you've, kind of, you've moved into a lot of different areas now. Um, what area do you find the most challenging or the most interesting? So between all of your, your three different kind of main avenues?
0: Um. It's still, the, it's still the management of, of the, the motorhomes and camper vans. It's great because uh, people love it as a holiday type. But as you grow your fleet, you've got um, you know you've got multiple issues there. That you've got to look after your fleet, make sure it's well serviced, yeah. um, deal with breakages, deal with crashes, <laughs> uh, deal with bad drivers. Um, so yeah, running it operationally is, is can be challenging. Yeah. Um, other stuff like the tours are, are relatively easy because you're, you're you're taking people on on guided tours. Uh, that's all set up beforehand. You know what you're doing there. You're in control of that. Yeah. But um, with the rental side of things, you're you're handing over your your capital items over to someone and just hoping they'll look after them for you. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. that can be a bit of a headache.
1: <laughs> with your tours, um, do you get to take people out as well?
0: I do the odd one. Yeah, yeah. I do the odd one. Um, uh, I've got a few freelance guys that work with me who I don't uh, directly employ on a full-time basis, but they come in and they'll do, they'll do tours as and when required. Excellent,
1: excellent. Um, I think that we've had a few conversations already uh, among the groups, like the Route 500. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: how um, how you, has that worked for you from a marketing perspective? And then also what are the kind of problems that you found also by just having that there? Has it had its day?
0: Well, it's been hugely successful, obviously. I, I mean, um, pretty much for a year or two there, everyone that was contacting us was saying, oh, we're going to come and do the North Coast 500. Uh, prior to that, everyone that was coming wanted to go and visit Sky. Um, the West Coast still really, really popular, but um, the NC500 for the last couple of years has be really been a big driver for people coming in. They've been sold this great vision of... Mm-hmm. Of um what well, 's essentially just a road that 's always been there but um just, yeah it, is, uh, it was a bit of genius marketing, and uh, <laughs> it's certainly done my business no harm um whether it 's had its day i am not so sure about that um, i don 't know if it'll continue to grow the same way it's had, but it's still um it is stunning yeah um, it's spectacular um I think as long as some development of interest, infrastructure goes hand in hand with it like I talked about earlier then there's no reason why it shouldn't continue to be a big draw for people
1: and do you do anything specifically to kind of market to that audience or are you kind of like stay away and you're happy to get the business
0: um, we've done a lot of uh, blog articles and stuff which are all searchable on the on the internet on our, on our site um, but we don't Specifically, target NC500. Um, generally, for our search terms, we're just looking f- more for people that are looking for camper van or motorhome hire in Scotland, and that's what we try and uh, optimise the website for. So, it doesn't matter if you're going to the NC500 or if you're going to um, Sky or if you're going to Dumfries and Galloway, we yeah. want you to come and visit our website and see our product. Uh, where you take the van then up to you.
1: Excellent. Um, I'll just ask one final question and then I'll open it up to anyone that wants to mentally prepare for some of your questions. <laughs> um, so we always ask, and this is one of Chris's favourite questions, we always ask for a little bit of advice for the audience um, based on your experience and based on um, everything that you've, that you've managed to accumulate in the tours industry. Is there anything that you would like to impart to the audience?
0: Um. Yeah, there's probably a couple, two things I would say from from a marketing perspective. I, I um, probably realised a bit too late the advantages of uh, getting other people to do things. <laughs> so <laughs> I was um, very much tried to do everything myself, um, and I think that was that was detrimental in some ways to growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so without blowing smoke up you guys, you know, someone like the Tourism Marketing Agency is a great company to to deal with because they'll take a lot of that burden off you and things like Google AdWords, Facebook Ads, website optimization, <laughs> all that stuff, um, I just purely don't have the time or frankly the inclination for it, um, so getting these guys to do that was, was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose purely from a practical perspective, if, if you're if you're going to think about getting into the camper van rental business or the vehicle rental business, I would um, very much preach the benefits of building alliances with your uh, competitors because uh, it's a small industry, certainly here in Scotland. Um, it's very useful to have other companies that you can work with if you're ever short of capacity or if, you have a breakdown or the last thing you want to do is let a customer down so I've always found it very good to um to work with other companies and I think when you do that you get that back in spades as well
1: so, yeah yeah it's a two-way street yeah. for that one so
0: nice. I think that's probably two things I would would advise people
1: excellent um have we got anyone for any questions I
2: actually have two but the first one um just off of that You were mentioning earlier about infrastructure (coughs) being a problem and when you're talking about collaborating with other companies or doing similar things, are you joining together and trying to lobby for changes? Have you talked to the government and tried to to improve infrastructure?
0: Yeah, so what we've got um, is about uh, a group of about eight or ten of our rental companies now called uh, under an umbrella group called CAMPA, C A M P A. It's the Camper Van and Motorhome Professional Association. What we're trying to do is get a, a an industry set of you know an industry standard set of guidelines that rental companies can issue to customers uh, with regards to what they should be doing, how they should be driving, um, areas that they can visit and do's and don'ts. So that's that's what we do on the customer side of things but as an industry group as well we're trying to speak to uh, Scottish Government, Scottish uh, Tourism Alliance and just highlight the need for infrastructure investment Mm -hmm. particularly things like waste facilities, um, stopping places for vans, um, charging points, all that kind of stuff. So yeah it's, it's, it's a growing kind of lobby group but it's taken a few years to get there.
2: Um, Can I ask a second question? Sure. So, since you're mentioning driving do's and don'ts, Um, hi, I'm American. Do you have American (laughs) drivers coming over, and is that a market that you guys are Actually, looking for because I, having worked with a lot of American tourists coming over here, they're very hesitant to drive in this country, given that it's the other side and They don't understand, you know, single track lanes. They have no clue what those are. We have five lane highways. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just is so different that they're quite intimidated. And is that even a market that that you're looking at?
0: Yeah, American market is it's not huge for us, okay. but it makes up probably about five percent each year of my of my hires. Um. So we'll probably do twenty to thirty American clients each year. Yeah. Um. I've invested in automatic transmission vans, so we thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Um. I mean, driving on the left's a problem for ninety percent of the world. Um, unless you're from the UK or Australia or yeah. uh, Cyprus. Um. <laughs> So, I don't find that a huge problem, but you know, right. I, I get, I do get what you understand. A lot of American clients don't want to drive, but um, we do get a lot that that do, and we have relatively few problems, to be honest. Cool. Yeah.
3: We we hitched a ride with an American couple who just hired a car in St Andrews, and they went on the pavement by accident. <laughs> yeah, was Good terrifying like, <laughs> <laughs> <"Put time." laughs> <laughs> So, like when you're. F- Does your fleet get damaged and how do you deal with damaged fleet when there's a rental going out the
0: next day maybe? Yeah it does it does get damaged you know we probably we probably replace about 40 or 50 wing mirrors each year Uh, 20 or 30 bumpers Uh, 20 or 30 bumpers, rear bumpers side skirts Uh, yeah it does but it's just a, a risk of of business in this industry, and um,
3: so I understand it's chargeable, uh-huh. but when you have such a like a quick turnover, like do you have a mechanic on hand
0: or? I me, <laughs> no, <laughs> we've got uh, no, we've got a couple of guys work for us that um, we've got all that stuff down fairly quickly now that we can we can turn it round um, unless it's fairly major, we can turn the van round in a in a few hours so that it's presentable and ready to go back out. Mm-hmm. Quite often we'll need to put a van out. Um, kind of semi-patched up if you know what I mean, I don't mean mechanically, it would always be sound mechanically and road legal, yeah. but um, you've maybe had to patch up a bumper or whatever and then when you've got a bit of time you'll need to take that van off the road for a couple of days and, and do a proper repair on it. Mm-hmm. But no, we've got quite good at that over the years, but unfortunately it is a, it's just a risk of business, unfortunately.
3: And what happens when a van breaks down on the road? Mm.
0: Well, I try and keep my fleet very new, so everything kind of under two years. So everything's covered under breakdown cover. So on the rare occasions um, we do get a breakdown, someone will attend and generally fix it. Um, if it can't be fixed, we'll try and source another van from somewhere, okay. which kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier, kind of building alliances with other companies that can, that can help you out if you've got any issues like that. And when your van's
3: two years old, do you flip it? Do you sell them on? Or? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you've got a location at Glasgow Airport, is that right? Yeah, head office is at Glasgow Airport. Yeah, we do, um, our, our head office is at Glasgow, we'll do pickups and drop offs at Edinburgh Airport, uh, up is to Aberdeen and in, Inverness as well. Is that where you find the customers are? They want
3: to take it straight
0: from the airport? And Generally, they're... yeah a lot of customers now will come maybe spend a day or two either at the beginning in Glasgow or Edinburgh and then pick up a van or arrive take the van away and then spend a day a night or two in Glasgow or Edinburgh at the end
3: i was at, we got a hired camper van in texas and um, the address was like a neighborhood move we in the the key was in a padlocked it's a lock-
0: like a key safe
3: around the, the van and we were like this is like European would like for an actual camper van yeah. and we were really surprised that it wasn't a one-to-one cause I used to work here for Shentacara so I were very much like face-to-face rental so I was very surprised that that was what I was renting and this wasn't told that's what was going to happen but when you say that you apply to everything individually and you still try and maintain mm. that customer service aspect is there any reason why you've not moved towards just a, a lock a key and a lock I suppose
0: yeah, I think there's just too much can go wrong with that. <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> honest, um, yeah, I mentioned that the kind of Airbnb for camper vans is springing up now. But is that
3: what you're doing?
0: Like, is that well, it, you can, you, you do occasionally see them on Airbnb, but there's other platforms like Camp um, Two, Campify, um, Outdoorsy. These are all just platforms where if you have a if you have a van sitting in your driveway, you can advertise that for rental. Now, as far as I'm aware, I don't think there's too much um, regulation in terms of how these vans are monitored for roadworthiness. Yeah. Are you properly insured? Uh, I really I, I really don't know. I think there's a lot of grey areas there. So I think people, people will hire from these companies, but I, I think there's potentially quite a few pitfalls. Let's see if we've
1: got a few other questions in the audience, i see you a few hints. Hi, um, what have been the challenges of the shift to electric vehicles, or upcoming shift to electric
0: vehicles for you as a company? Just lack of infrastructure so far. Um, once you take, if you look at the map of all the charging points of Scotland, um, you know there's huge clusters of them around Glasgow, Edinburgh, Stirling. Once you start to go out of the central belt, uh, those charging points are, are few and far between. Um, and obviously for a campervan which is gonna people want to go and do a complete circle of Scotland typically they'll do seven or eight hundred miles in a week Um, it's really a lack of lack of infrastructure and charging point and a lack of suitable vehicles electric vehicles at the moment which can be fair to converted to camper vans um, the only little vans that have got a decent range on just now are like the little Nissan NV200 vans they'll do about 150 miles but um you know they're really really quite a small van you'll only get a maximum of two people in those uh, so for a family that wants to go out in a motorhome you really still need a unfortunately a, a diesel van how, how receptive have you found the Scottish Government
4: the Scottish Tourism Alliance in terms of sorry thinking about the yeah. but uh, in terms of um, you know, making improvements to infrastructure because I think in 2017 there was like a
2: £6 million rural tourism infrastructure fund £3 million per year it was spread over two years or so relatively speaking a drop in the ocean
1: so I was just wondering how receptive have been to some of the concerns you've raised
0: um, <clears throat> I think they've just got so many um, they've got so many competing voices, you know each of the individual regions now have their own Little um, umbrella groups representing the regions, may it be Angus or Sky or Highlands and Islands. And everyone's looking for money um, for all the things that I talked about road improvements, um, facilities for camper vans, waste facilities. I mean, even, even places uh, in the Highlands and Islands are shutting their public toilets and things at the moment. It's, it's not good for the industry, it's not good for tourism. Even if you're out in a car, or whatever, you, you'd expect some of those basic facilities to be there. So, it needs to be a lot more done, really, a lot more. Double, treble. So, <laughs> huge industry tourism now, and I think um, going forward, we're, we're well beyond um, being a, a manufacturing economy now. We're, we're, we're a lot of service economy and obviously agriculture and whiskey and stuff like that, but tourism's a huge part of the economy now and I think it needs a lot more in- investment. Thank
4: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Frank? Just a, a question on your, on your audience and seasonality more more. more the point, I, mean, I guess most of your business is done in the, sort of the, the May, June, July, August, September period. And so I was listening to a guy from Highlands Tourism or Highlands and Islands Council talking about Sky and the completely overcrowded situation they have during those months. Is there more, of, is there any, how much business do you do outside of those key ones in, like, in terms of the spring and autumn-winter period? Which I would have
0: thought was a great opportunity for, for visiting those areas. It is, yeah. The season's definitely, the season has, has really extended even since I set up 12 years ago. So um, really when I started you were kind of mid-April to mid-September. But now, now really, we start to get busy from early March and we're busy till the beginning of November. So it's, it's at least eight months. What I tend to do over the winter is take a few of the, maybe half of my fleet off road, and just lay them up for the winter. And I'll keep some vans available to be rented over the winter. And we will get um, we will get some business out of that between November and February. Um December you can pretty much write off. Um in January too. But November we still we can still see some reasonable business in, in November and and February as well once the particularly if we have a good uh, a good snow season. Yeah, and the skiing and the and the hill walking and stuff like that. Um so yeah, in a good year if we get a good summer and a and a and a cold winter with a bit of snow then you know, we could be a, almost a 10-month season. Yeah. Andy, how many vans are you actually running and how many staff do you have to run? Uh, this year I've got 19 on the road um, and I've got uh, one full-time staff member, uh, two seasonal part-time guys that come in during the summer and then I've got an outside uh, company which comes in and does all my cleaning and valeting and my laundry. The um, advantage of that is that I only pay for that as I use them. So during the winter, I don't have that cost over the winter. Um, so, yeah, in terms of one one full-time staff member and, and two part-time staff over the summer. That, that's a great ratio, isn't it? A low, low ratio. ratio. Uh-huh. Yeah. Primarily an owner-operated business, really, if, if you're going to do it properly and try and make some money at it. Um, there's obviously a lot of capital tied up in the investment in the vehicles. So um, once you start employing four, five, six people, your returns are going to, are going to diminish rapidly. So you have to be prepared to, to work at it yourself.
3: The majority of companies that I've looked at, we've bought our first van to convert. I'm predominantly a travel blogger, but I'm now based in Scotland. Okay. Um, And so now we're converting our first van with the view that potentially moving on to having a bigger fleet. The majority of websites I come across through Google, through SEO, they're just flipping. So really, really the main brand is about making the vans and then selling the vans on. Like, how easy is it to then, after the two years that you've got them, to move them on? Or is that not really your business plan? Are they predominantly for renting? Um, Well, we
0: need to... We need to reinvest in our fleet every couple of years, so we have to move vans on. So we have to buy, we have to buy models that will sell after two years. Um, so that means buying established brands, because that's what people want. Mm-hmm. So when I go to the, sell my my vehicles in two years' time, um, I want someone that's in the market for a second-hand van that recognises that brand immediately, and knows it's a quality vehicle, mm-hmm. and they'll buy it from you. So. So
3: the investment's at the start when you buy the van. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have another...
4: I was just going to ask a bit more, if you could tell us a bit more about your marketing. Is it mostly online that you're doing?
0: What other 100% really, do you yeah. Yeah. And you're using an agency? These guys, tourism marketing agency. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Total embarrassing situation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, but I did a lot of that myself. It was up till two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I say, I just find it too much um, trying to run Google AdWords, which I never fully understood, Facebook ads, social media. <laughs> it's just too much, <laughs> too much. So, um, no, I take advice from these guys. I've obviously got my own inputs on what we what we do and when we do it, uh, but it's much easier to hand that over to these guys. So, for instance, in June, if I've got some spare capacity, I have a look at my diary and say, okay, we need to we need to try and fill up the next two or three weeks. Maybe do a special offer, uh, put it out on our social media channels, do a Google AdWords campaign, put it on Facebook. But I'll get these guys to do that for me. because I am surprised when you said that only
4: about five of percent your, of your customers are from, from America, because yeah, yeah. I would have thought that would have been your your biggest market we're scared of driving we definitely don't like to really? drive in <laughs> tours the UK, yeah. and if they drive they will try and get the smallest car possible yeah, yeah. Well, the mechanics are pretty because they well, can't remember into because i actually passed my test in america and
2: only mm. drove in
3: america oh it's I, so much easier I came over there. back here <laughs> and
4: i was jet <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so much
2: easier over there that's why we're intimidated with <laughs> but ever <I was laughs> the thought of taking a camper van or something now.
4: Oh, Kathy. Yeah. Can I ask who who is your main audience then? Who are your clients? Like, what age, age range are they? Whether they come from, what is their kind of relationship to camper van tourism?
0: Like, yeah. Uh, we've got a really good spread because we've got a real range of vans that we offer. So um, we've got a family range of vans. So typical family setup would be two adults, between, anywhere between one and three kids. Mm-hmm. They would want a larger motorhome um they probably incorporate about 50 percent of our market uh, and then we've got are they mostly in the UK? Uh, no no we've got a lot of european mainland europe uh, france germany italy spain these are all really established markets for c- camping and caravanning already so it's 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 a thing for them they do it
2: we don't drive manuals, though, in
0: America. Yeah, so that's like, mm-hmm. like, like and they're used to small roads as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. We're not, we all don't all know wars,
3: what single, 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 single track lanes are. are. So we don't know... Have you seen the RVs? They're bigger than the houses. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> RVs can't <laughs> kind of the cars the yeah, Texas. vans look like they can fit
4: inside our cars. They yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> do. There is, an, uh, there is an RV in America. Yeah, there's pretty really a small road in America American Canada, isn't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. highway so it's... You
0: either can drive it or you can't, in my opinion. Yeah, you
4: <laughs> 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 and
0: go, Jesus. <laughs> you <laughs> know even uh, all the time, you think, all think right. about even you you' you're familiar with the eighty two up the side of Loch Lomond yes, yes, right so yes, I just yes. I just put a big get a huge uh map in in our in our office, and we've just got a big red line <laughs> through that road, <laughs> and we take our customers and we point at that and we say, don't go up this road <laughs> simple <laughs> as that, it doesn't <laughs> matter where you're from um. <laughs> You drive, you know, the the logging lorries and the buses come down there, and it's an A road supposedly, but um, you know, you can hardly squeeze, you know, two minis past each other at points on it. So, um, so that there is difficulties in in some of the Scottish roads for sure.
1: I think there we go. um, going back to the marketing aspect, do you, so you said about, you know, you, you can see that you need to fill
2: bookings in June, so 10% off or whatever. Do you use third-party websites? Do you use TripAdvisor, Booking.com, all these
0: guys, or not? No, no and I've stayed...
2: You're 10% to anybody, quite <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> now, I've, <laughs> I've deliberately... i deliberately steered clear as well from the very start of things like it is on and and what was the other the other voucher Uh because i think as soon as you as soon as you start devaluing your product to that degree you destroy your domestic market because they'd say well well i saw that for half price so i'm just going to wait for it to be half price again so i would caution you against that if you were thinking about it we're on TripAdvisor, so on, yeah, just on, but on. purely for reviews. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah. For
1: TripAdvisor, if you're a multi-tour, for example, you can't register, um, so it's got yeah. to be the day tours if you're actually booking on the platform. Yeah. But it's a double-edged sword on anyway, TripAdvisor, isn't it? it? Makes it
0: too easy for people. <coughs> people are slightly peeved. We've got a really big database now, so um, just because we've been purely because we've been going for twelve years, so. Um, you know, for that kind of example, we would just be putting a mail out to all the, we know we know all, all the clients that are from the UK, mm-hmm. those are the ones that would maybe be likely to book an offer for the next couple of weeks because, you know, it's close for them. Uh, so quite often we'll just put out a 20% last minute offer and then a couple of days later you've, you've pretty much filled all those spots you had, so yeah. it works quite well that way. Mm-hmm.
2: Any other questions? Oh. And you mentioned that you had mostly mainland Europeans coming in. So, do you do multilingual marketing as well, or is that, are you strictly doing English and just hoping that there'll be English
0: speakers coming in? Google Translate. Yeah, <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um, would that
2: be helpful if you had
0: other languages? Very UK? possibly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Spanish, in particular, I think. Yeah, that would be the one that I would, that would probably look at. We have got a, a lot of customers from Spain.
3: Shower and no shower?
0: Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> Showers in our like homes, none like in our just campus. Sneak in. Yeah, she's <laughs> be <laughs> be <laughs> I'm like this in all walks of life. <laughs> no, I did. I
3: asked my own personal Facebook, like shower and no shower, because I've got lots of van life friends and stuff, and it was very mixed as well the answer whether to have a well, shower. Or not a
0: shower. Or not. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of people that will just take a little camper and they'll just dive in a loch every morning, have a mm-hmm. quick swim, and
4: <laughs> same, same. <laughs> <laughs> frank have
1: you
0: yeah, got on another
4: one? The, the the your market um is it mostly seven and fourteen day tours that people book or is it is it three day well i'm really driving is is there uh, chris was talking about people booking day tours and stuff like that when they're in the location so if you're in glasgow you mm-hmm. will book a, a day tour or, or an overnight stay somewhere but do you find that you get anything like uh, is there any contact from hotels and people requesting we have occasionally and we want, occasionally. Them to, they want
0: to do the weekend and uh, very occasionally but it's yeah. it's more of a it's more of a holiday that people plan a bit in advance um so you know generally even up to up to a year in advance we'll, we'll get bookings very occasionally we get last minute stuff like that, but but not too often and we work on a three night minimum hire it's really not worth it doing it for anything else you can take the van out for one night if you want, but you'll need to pay, pay a three-night higher charge.
4: Um,
0: otherwise, it's it's kind of pointless. I think
1: from something
2: you said earlier,
4: you're turning them around in that day. You're, you're having vans coming in and out in the same day. Did you, did you always do that? Or did
0: you? Yeah, generally, yeah. Because particularly during the summer, I'd, a day off the road is a couple of hundred pounds, and you've got five or six fans coming back and sitting for a day when they could be turned around. Just employ more staff to clean them and and get them going again.
1: Excellent. Well, I think we've had quite a few questions there, so people can come up and ask Andy later as well. But thank Thank you very much, Andy. Absolute pleasure having you.
0: Thank you very much.